It's good to gather all together. I have a lot of things up here this morning, so um, I, I only have two Bibles this morning, but I do have a third, a third thing up here, so it's become kind of a joke for me, like, how many Bibles am I going to bring up here? This is weird. Uh, anyway, so it's not the first time that I've mentioned this, but over the years through my own growth, and then of course on our journey here as a faith community, but also of course through a pandemic, I have noticed changes in relationships. These are relationships with family, or what we might call chosen family, um, with friends, with myself, and with God. I've noticed how some relationships have become kind of out of sync, if you will, and some more in sync um, with the passing of time. And I know that this is a natural pattern of life in our universe, right? It's even a pattern that we see as the moon orbits the earth. John and I had a bit of a conversation or two at breakfast uh, this week. And yes, sometimes our conversations are really mundane and ordinary and boring. Um, And sometimes, sorry, and sometimes the happenings in our house are a little bit unique. So this week, over some ancient grain teff porridge, Uh, we sat at breakfast and had a bit of a conversation, and I decided to ask my astrophysicist spouse, if you don't know this about him, he's an astrophysicist, I said, at what point will the moon be no more? His response was basically that in in billions of years, because as it orbits the earth, it is slowly getting flung out further and further in its orbit. Now, he continued just talking, (laughs) having no idea why why I even asked this question, So, of course, my brain goes on a field trip, and he does his gifted teacher thing, and I I mean that out of all sincerity. He's very gifted as a teacher. Um, He he just explains his response and goes into lots of other details that kind of matter, but not really. And I thought to myself, goodness, doesn't that feel like some of our relationships? Doesn't that feel like some of the patterns in our own lives? A slow and steady furthering in the orbit of life. And not to label these trajectories as bad or good, but what just is. Though I do notice that sometimes in the wake of these trajectories, we are left with less than peaceful situations. Maybe Advent is hard for you. Maybe the holiday season is hard for you because of conflict that exists in particular relationships. Maybe the season is hard for you because you've experienced loss in relationships. Or maybe you anticipate loss. Maybe you feel out of sync with yourself or out of sync with God. If you find yourself in any of these places or on these trajectories, hear that you are not alone today. Maybe, though, Enduring a season of being out of sync feels good, even, dare I say, liberating. Maybe, though, while grief is like a low hum in the background of life, you've actually begun to experience some peace, finally. Maybe this season is one in which you have felt the words of the psalmist deep in your bones, or at the very least might find the psalmist's words reassuring. Dave read them for us earlier today. It is one of our lectionary texts. I'm going to read it again for us. Psalm 72. 
Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to a king's son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. May the mountains yield prosperity, or better translated, peace for the people, and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, give deliverance to the needy, and crush the oppressor. May he live while the sun endures, and as long as the moon, throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his day, days may righteousness flourish and peace abound until the moon is no more. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May his glory fill the whole earth. Amen and amen. While that psalm is not, according to the Jewish tradition, a text that is necessarily a messianic Uh, psalm. It is actually meant as a prayer for the king. It is often read at this time of year in reference to the coming king, who is Jesus. In his days may righteousness flourish and peace abound until the moon is no more. The moon not only impacts light, of course, around us and tides, which consequently impacts much of life around us on this earth, but it is also around what our tracking of time is oriented And until time can no longer be tracked by the moon's presence, or until the moon is no more, it is the peace of the coming king that will abound, reorienting us when all is out of sync, if you will, or possibly becoming re-synced or harmonized. Our second lectionary text for today comes from Romans chapter 15, verses 4 through 13. And I would like us to hear it in a fresh way, so I'm going to read it from the First Nations version. And before I forget, because I forgot last week, um, our series in the new year will follow the book of John, but we will be utilizing the First Nations version. And a lot of us in this room have this. It can be hard to grab your, put your hands on, Um, but we do have copies over here. So if you want to take a copy for your household, just sign that you've taken one so we make sure that everybody gets one, and you're welcome to grab that. For yourself, but I want you to hear this text from Romans chapter five or fifteen. I mean, uh, in a in a fresh way this morning. So I'm going to read it out of the First Nations version. These words were written down long ago so that we would learn from them. It is from the sacred teachings that we find the hope and strength we need to walk this road of life. I pray that the Great Spirit who walks beside you, keeping your steps firm will help you walk together in step with Creator sets free, who is Jesus, the Chosen One. In this way you will speak with one voice, giving honor to the Great Spirit, the Father of Creator sets free, who is Jesus, our honored Chief, who is the Chosen One. So welcome each other with open arms, in the same way the Chosen One has honored the Great Spirit by welcoming you. This is what I am saying. The Chosen One came as a servant to our tribal people to show that the Great Spirit has kept the promises he made to our ancestors. He also came to show his kindness and mercy to the outside nations, or Gentiles, so they would also give honor to the Great Spirit. For the sacred teachings say, I will tell the truth about you to all the nations. I will sing songs to them to honor your name. They also say, dance for joy, all you nations, along with his people. And again, give praise to the Great Spirit, all you outside nations. 
Let all people honor him. And again, the prophet creator helps us, who is Isaiah, says, The one who is the root of the original man, or Jesse, will rise up to rule over the outside nations, and they will put their hope and trust in him. My prayer for the outside nations is that the great spirit who gives you this hope will fill you with the joy and peace that comes from trusting him, so that this hope will flow like a river through your lives by the power of his Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. The reorienting presence of God with us, the one who walks beside and keeps our steps firm or in sync with creator sets free, fills the day with flourishing and peace. Until the moon is no more, we welcome one another as Jesus has welcomed us, living in harmony and with one voice, glorifying the Lord. I don't think welcoming, though, uh, looks easy sometimes. It doesn't always look pristine or blessed, if you will. Sometimes it's messy. It requires some real clear boundaries. It's not easy to welcome all people with open arms, especially those who have been deemed as outsiders or those who refuse to acknowledge our belovedness, those to whom the promise of God extends, though we might find it a bit perplexing as we're in conflict with them. Oftentimes at this point, when I read passages that speak of outside nations, I have to remind myself that we were once outsiders as well. And maybe sometimes we feel like outsiders, as Gentiles might. But kindness and mercy are the ways of Jesus, who shows us that all people are a part of the sacred family. Our prayer in today's text is also for us. My prayer for outside nations is that the great spirit who gives you this hope will fill you with the joy and peace that comes from trusting him so that this hope will flow like a river through your lives by the power of his Holy Spirit. Today, this second Sunday of Advent, we find peace as we trust in God with us. Whether that peace we experience is related to our circumstances or simply an internal sense, I think we'll know it by the hope that flows like a river. It might flow in seemingly small ways or in large glimpses, if you will, but we'll know it by the song and dance of our hearts and lives. I was reading this week uh, an Advent devotional. This is from Reclaiming My Theology. I want to read for you um, an excerpt here. It's curated by Brandy Miller. This is from day three of this last week. She says, When the Spirit shows up, people are so excited and riled up that they make big declarations, create poetry, sing songs, and express the drama of the situation in real time. They respond to Jesus not with a sinner's prayer or with self-deprecating performance, but with expressions that uniquely allow them to connect with and participate more fully in what God is doing. It happens in their bodies first. We have been taught to experience the story of God in our minds, but not in our bodies or emotions. Jesus' way is beyond what can be intellectualized. 
For many people, it is easy to think about God, but much harder to trust what our bodies are telling us about the divine. We may have to learn to trust the bodies that God has given us to allow our intuition and experiences to shape how we know and understand God. When we integrate our lives more fully, we become more attuned to how we are impacted, shaped by, and ultimately loved and cared for by God. In this season of Advent, we wait as an exercise of faith. And in the waiting, we learn to trust what our bodies are telling us about the divine. We wait to be shown the way, the path that leads to a more fully integrated life, or as what Brandy says, attuned to how we are impacted, shaped by, and ultimately loved and cared for by God. And so we hold faith that in the coming days that we will experience the reorienting presence of God with us, no matter what the orbit of our lives look like right now. May righteousness flourish and peace abound until the moon is no more. And may we experience this peace in our relationships, but also deep in our bones. May it be so. Amen.